as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. To our massive economic engine for the Rio Grande Valley, the RGV Port of Brownsville, Ed Campirano is the leader of the pack at our port. Chief, appreciate your time today. The most recent newsletter that you can get, by the way, at portofbrownsville.com. Sign up for the free monthly newsletter. So you lead off with information on wind energy components and all the traffic related to that, not only import, but export. So what did you say, Chief? Well, uh, you know, we've been developing uh, strong capabilities for moving wind energy components, and uh, really blades have been a pretty consistent factor in that respect. Uh, and so uh, we do import blades both by, by uh, uh, over the ground, by truck, and, and by vessel. Uh, there is a company uh, called TPI Composites. It's in Matamoros. Uh, they are constructing the large 81-meter blades, so we receive those by truck. And uh, we move them ar- around uh, the country and really around the world by different means. Uh, uh, last month, we had actually loaded blades that were headed to South America uh, to projects destined for Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Peru. And so um, uh, we also move about 50% of the blades we move now, we move them by rail. And we have the capability of moving them all the way to Canada. So it's something that uh, we've been doing for quite a few years now. We've really developed strong logistics platform to be able to do that. And uh, we continue to uh, receive a new project requests. And, uh, of course, uh, we're going to take them and, and we're going to continue to be in that, in that business. Ed Campirano, chief at the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, our monthly update. I know this number is top of mind for you. It changes just a little bit from time to time. How many job openings do we have at the port, muscle minnows right now, chief? Well, you know, when when we look at, you know, the, the various companies that are here and some of the expansions that are going on, probably the biggest focus in the area uh, when you look at, you know, jobs is probably looking at the two biggest employers in the region, uh, you know, SpaceX being one and the Port of Brownsville. And when I talk about the Port of Brownsville, it's probably focusing more on Keppel Amphels. Mm-hmm. The, sh- the ship recyclers, whether it's uh, a Steel Coast, uh, International Shipbreaking, All-Star Metals, uh, the stevedoring services, you've probably got, I think last count we had just here at the port, you had anywhere between, uh, you know, focusing on those latter companies between 800 and 1,000 jobs. So, I mean, they're, 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 they're pushing to expand. Um, you know, there's growth. Uh, you know, our, our customers are growing. And so there are uh, jobs available, uh, skill sets, uh, primarily in the area of, 
of, of, of you know, welding, um, uh, metal fabrication. Yeah. But most of these employers also have their own training programs. So it's it's really, um, uh, if you've got some skill sets, uh, they'll expand those skill sets to meet their needs. So, of course, we continue to, to work with uh, Texas A&M uh, with their initiative. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're opening their facility here at the port as well. So it, it's an ongoing process. But, you know, the um, and of course, the anticipation is on the new big projects. You know, they're going to bring you know, a wealth and a, a huge number of jobs to the region. Yes, yeah, sir. I was going to ask you on the education. So, yeah, the Texas A&M, that specialized center to provide training the skill set necessary at the port as you were saying some individuals that can work with steel cut steel put steel together all those things uh, what's the standards report when is that supposed to open up chief well they're they've actually been doing training and it's far more than just centering on the port i mean really they're looking at uh, not only uh, uh training for opportunities in and around the port but in and around the valley as a whole i mean the focusing not only on the uh, uh, skill sets needed for the jobs at the port, but also advanced manufacturing. Uh, they're doing a lot of equipment training. Uh, they do a lot of also uh, frontline supervisor training. So they're offering a whole host of, of services, not only to those in this region, but uh, you know throughout the valley as well. You probably have seen their uh, commercials on the Rami initiative and you know that was to train 10,000 individuals for um, um, uh, technical occupations not only in and around the port but in yes, and around right. the region so uh, they're still working uh, on that element so it's it's just one of many uh, of course we have our local community college we've got TSTC you've got you know a whole host of of entities working on uh, on uh, creating skill sets for uh, for for um, people here in, in the Rio Grande Valley, and, and you've got the independent school districts that are working on their initiatives yeah. as well. So there's there's it, a growing synergy, a right, Chief? Effort. There's a growing synergy between the local schools, the colleges, and of course industry. There's a growing synergy to get and Texas workforce to get everybody trained. Th- there is right, there is, and, and most of that, I would imagine, they're trying to think ahead best as they can and get trained as, as quickly as possible because LNG, it's on the way, and now we've moved to potential final investment decision in Q2. So what can you tell me as far as that? Well, I will tell you that pretty much there is one issue that you know needs to be resolved in that respect, I think, for the most part, um, that that is being worked on. Uh, I, I think that you know they're they're essentially uh, teed up and ready to go. Uh, uh, it's just you know sometimes there's things that are outside of one's control, uh, but it's 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 coming. I mean I, you've heard me say that. I think we kind of all maybe you know oh, gee when when when, but uh, you know they're 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 ready and mobilized and ready to go. It's just you know one final detail needs to be addressed. Is it logistical? Is it environmental? There. What what is the issue, Musselmanos? What can you say? It's regulatory. In, okay. in some respect, so okay. you know they, they 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 need to finish that up, and that's it. Okay, so uh, we're expecting LNG to make the final investment decision soon, and it could happen again Q two. Uh, every day that passes, we get closer to that decision. As soon as it is announced, Chief, how soon might we see trucks and big pipes and tubes and welders show up and start moving and building stuff around here? 
Well, I think the contractor is on site. Uh, there is some activity going on now, so you see some remnants of it now, but it'll certainly increase and, and go right away. I also want to say one thing. You know, we have another company that's developing a facility here, uh, Forza Steel. Uh, they were highlighted, I believe, in our last newsletter. You know, their first phase of development is 150 jobs. So, you know, that's another employer that's coming to the region. And so, you know, so there's, there is a lot of activity in the area, uh, certainly here at the port as well but but uh, you know the the jobs are there steel logistics steel distribution is that what it is that that new company that's setting up shop it's actually a fabricator hmm. uh, they will be used to manufacture uh, pipe or tubing uh, both for the uh, construction uh, industry the energy industry and the like so uh, it will be uh, more of a fabricator than it is a producer of steel uh, but uh, but anyway, you know that's 150 jobs in their initial phase. They're they're building a facility here uh, at the port, and uh, you know they're they're also going to be expanding in the future. But their 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 plans call for uh, their first phase being uh, hopefully up and going by the end of the year. So uh, they're in full blown cool. development. Chief, thank you for the update. Our Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville Director Ed Campirano. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Big news from our Texas A&M campus here at McAllen. Let's catch up to speed because we have new leadership on the way. Dr. Susan Balabina, Senior Vice President with Texas A&M. Appreciate your time, Dr. B. So we oh, underst- it's my pleasure. We understand that one of our top medical um, administrators in South Texas will be taking the helm as the new CEO for the McAllen campus. So tell me a bit about that. You bet. We are so pleased that Manny Vela has agreed to join our team and provide leadership to the McAllen campus. Um, he's obviously very well known there with his healthcare industry and other relationships he's built over the years. And we feel like Manny is just the right person at the right time to take the McAllen campus to the next level. Manny Vela was the leader of the pack over at Valley Baptist Health System for so many years and now brings his expertise in running a hospital and a hospital system to Texas A&M McKenna, where pretty soon we're going to have more of a of a medical uh, curriculum, you know, new nursing program, and probably more things in the near future. So tell me about that. 
You bet. So so the reason we decided we needed somebody like Manny leading the charge at McAllen is because we have big plans for that campus and for South Texas and for Texas A&M's presence there as well as our system presence. So what we've shared um, through our announcement yesterday, which was very exciting, uh, was that we want to double enrollment at the McAllen campus over the next five years. Right now we have about 340 students there and we want to push that up to 700. And and uh, really provide more young people with the opportunity to have a Texas A&M experience. We also are building a new nursing building there, as you referenced, and uh, that nursing building will fill a critical workforce need, and uh, we will start construction on that building in 2024. And then Manny will also really focus for us on community engagement, letting people know that Texas A&M has put a stake in the ground here and that we look to grow the program and make an impact in the community through community engagement and through other A&M system programs. New building for Texas A&M, how big will that be? Will it be almost identical to the present campus that we have? Yeah, you know, I don't have the the current square footage. They're still in the design phase. We've okay. seen some renderings, but it will be about the size of the other building that is on that campus. Okay. And that is where we will grow our, our nursing program and other programs. And hopefully, we'll continue to build out um, on that campus and, and have a complex there as we move into the future. Is the uh, Dr. Susan Balabina, Senior Vice President, Texas A&M, our guest right now. So with Manny Vela, former chief over at Valley Baptist, taking charge now as the CEO, the director over at the McAllen Texas A&M campus. Uh, was it safe to say that perhaps the vision for Texas A&M, with of course the nursing school that's on the way, the nursing program, the new building, DHR and A&M with a, with a residency program for Texas A&M, all these medical students coming down here pretty soon. So is it safe to assume that the vision will be more on the medical side for the McAllen campus near future. You know that's a that's a great question. I know the DHR announcement uh, came very close to this one, and and I would say it's much broader than just medical. Um, I, I understand kind of why you're making that leap because of the nursing building and and the talk around all of that. But what we really want to do is not pigeonhole into one area, but think broadly about the workforce needs, what the community needs in McAllen, and have a wide diverse set of degrees offerings that help meet that. So, yeah. for example, yesterday, um, one of our new faculty members in education uh, talked with me a long time while I was there about the needs for teacher education, and we're working with superintendents. So, so certainly, healthcare is an important part of this, and Manny's Vela is well Manny's uh, background is well suited for that, but it, it's much broader too. We really want to meet the needs of of the the community, and we'll see what that what that holds. Do you happen to know, dollar wise, just out of curiosity, what this represents for A and M, this investment in the Rio Grande Valley? Because th- all this great news is on the heels of just a few days back. We had uh, Chancellor Sharp on the program talking about. What was it like? He said 20, 22 different engineering programs. With the Texas A&M mm-hmm. working directly with South Texas College to get these kids on a path toward the engineering programs where they can take the early classes at STC and then pursue their different engineering degrees at Texas A&M. All this represents a, a huge investment, never-before-seen investment, 
Uh, I think the last time we heard we saw something like this was the actual announcement of the Texas A&M campus at McAllen. So dollar-wise, what does this represent as far as an investment in South Texas? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I don't have a, a dollar to give you, but you hit the nail on the head. It's significant, and we ought to, we ought to figure it out because when you look at – putting Manny into a leadership role here. When you look at all the Texas A&M University system initiatives in South Texas, what it illustrates is that our Chancellor John Sharp has a real commitment to the people of South Texas and has for years, and he just continues to grow that. We have a, a uh, Texas Engineering Experiment Station workforce program that's going on down there. We have our AgriLife Extension agents yeah. that are down there and ramping up what they're doing. And Healthy South Texas was born out of Chancellor Sharp and Senator Hinojosa working together to try to do something phenomenal. So, you know, if you put all of these Texas A&M University system components together, it really does amount to a phenomenal investment um, in South Texas and, and the need there and our desire as the land grant institution of the state to really solve problems and help people. Yeah, I forgot about that workforce training program there in Cameron County, getting getting our, our kids ready to be the workforce Absolutely. for all the jobs headed this mm-hmm. way, especially at the port. So, how big might the campus at McAllen be, let's say, in 10 years? Have you guys talked about that? At, at College Station, how, how much bigger than McAllen? We have, we yeah. have, and we hope it's a lot bigger. <laughs> how's, how's that for a nondescript answer? Let me let me share with you what Manny will do in the coming months. He, um, because of his background, because he is such a, a well-known and um, wonderful executive, he is going to put together a strategic planning session that will involve not only faculty and staff in McAllen, but will involve prospective students and community leaders to really put together a detailed strategic plan on where we want to be in McAllen in one year, five years, and 10 years. So I don't want to get out in front of that with any sort of predictions, but I think uh, relatively soon, Mr. Manny Vela will have a very strong strategic plan that will be very clear and transparent for the impact that we intend to make. Great news. Good times for South Texas. Appreciate your time, Dr. B. Please call us back. Keep us updated on any more developments from Texas A&M. You bet. Here in South Texas. Yeah, I appreciate the time very much. Yesterday was a great day for us. Senior Vice President, Texas A&M, Dr. Susan Balavina on KURV. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710 KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FMT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. Hidalgo County leadership, some local mayors would like Governor Greg Abbott to pay attention to some legislation 
filed by our transportation chairman up in Austin. That would be our Edinburgh State Representative, Terry Canales. Terry Canales. A couple of bills that are dealing with transportation and border security issues. And joining us on the show is our representative, Terry Canales. So let's talk about one piece of legislation, House Bill 3805, that you introduced. What would that one do, Terry? That, that instructs the Transportation Commission to create a new funding category uh, in the Unified Transportation Plan that would encompass border security, uh, international trade, infrastructure. And so, um, ostensibly, uh, what it does is creates a corridor. And so, what um, this session and in, and in other hearings, I've directly asked the director, Colonel Steve McCraw, the director of the DPS, if it would be in our interest for border uh, security to be able to put all the commercial trucks through a corridor. As it stands, when they cross to the port, the, the port of entry of Far, the port of entry of McAllen or Donna, there is no infrastructure after that. In the in essence, that that um, directs them in any direction, they just spider off, and so that creates a problem where we need more DPS, uh, we need more law enforcement presence because we cannot we cannot monitor them the same way. So, uh, the best kind of description that I could use growing up on a ranch is. We're going to put them in a cattle chute, and they're going to be going in one or the other directions, but we will have them corralled, so to speak, so we know. And the reason that's important is because the majority of all hard drugs that we're concerned about, cocaine, fentanyl, heroin, methamphetamines, the largest busts have been and the largest amount we catch are at the ports of entry. Now, that's not saying they're not passing other places, but we do know they're coming through the ports of entry. So creating infrastructure that allows them to be more closely monitored and us to monitor that commercial traffic where okay. we know the busts are coming from is important. In your mind's eye, describe it a bit more, the cattle shoot concept of, of this. How do we line them up? Where do we line them up? Because the only other places that trucks have to stop is when they get weighed or the way stations when they go inland and of course then the the checkpoint for the feds about you know 60 miles in so uh, how do we create a new network to, to check see what's on some of these suspicious trucks and I, I suspect that authorities might know which trucks might need to be stopped more often so sometimes they do sometimes they don't know which trucks but when they do cross the port of entry for instance and you go through i'll give you far they go stoplight by stoplight through the middle of far, and they can go north, they can go east, they can go west. There's no infrastructure that says you need to drive this way. Yeah. Now, in fact, that infrastructure has actually already been designed, so to speak. One portion is called the 365. Uh, one portion is called the IBTC. The other one is part of Highway 68. And so they... There's a network of infrastructure that's already been designed, just not necessarily completely funded. Okay. So now, when we ask for fu when we ask for funding, uh, we're doing it through the traditional methodology of, oh, we need it because of X, Y, Z. Well, what this this category says is, wait a minute. No, we need it because this is part of border security, and this helps us monitor that commercial traffic, which we know 
is one of the primary places we make the bus. Okay. Our state representative from Edinburgh, and yes, the chairman for transportation issues up in Austin, Terry Canales. Uh, Terry, Tim Sullivan here. So local mayors in Hidalgo County, they appear to be on board with this. Uh, these two pieces of legislation. McAllen's mayor has, uh, has urged Governor Abbott to, to go with this legislative package over Operation Lone Star to put more money in, into the strategy you're describing rather than Operation Lone Star. Uh, is, is... Not necessarily. What he's saying is, so let me tell you. So Operation Lone Star, and there's been a bit, we've, it's gone under many different headings. But when we first started border security, the state of Texas had an $800 million plan. We are approximately going to put in $4.8 billion this session. And so what the mayor and the mayors of their green saying, look, you've done all these things, and it's all for boots on the ground. It's all labor. None of that since we've started. Have you ever built anything that encompasses infrastructure or technology to try to combat this. And they're saying, the mayors are joining me saying, look, we all agree border security is extremely important. We all agree with your efforts. But what we're saying is um, we think it's time to start reevaluating how to best spend this money. Repurpose that money. And not necessarily all of it. So, well, I think that the the request at this point is that about five hundred million go towards border security infrastructure, and that's not necessarily Hidalgo County. That could be in El Paso. That could be in Piedras Negras. That could be anywhere. But it's the beginning of a conversation to say, "Look, guys, we've been spending billions of dollars." And I always tell people, it reminds me when I was a kid. I used to watch a show called Mash, where the military <laughs> comes and they just have tents. And they fold up and leave. And the reality is here, we need true, different, we need a strategy that says, what is the problem? Well, the problem is the influx of drugs, human smuggling, and we know the ports of entry are big gates for that. And the way our ports of entry are designed, because of the lack of infrastructure, we are not controlling that. What do you think the chances are that Governor Abbott will get on board because he uh, likes to push a lot of that money to Operation Lone Star, which is politically Im- politically important to him and his conservative base. And I, I sat with Governor Abbott. He said he loved the idea. He said he thinks it's a great idea. Uh, I've sat with the leadership in the House. They think it's a great idea. And so um, the bills, the fa- they were actually voted uh, unanimously out of the Transportation Committee. And they're on their way to calendars. And so um, the second bill that that, that we've got actually yeah. House Bill forty four twenty two House Bill forty four twenty two. Go ahead, T. We got well, about a minute left. Go ahead. Yeah, that that complements this, and this that one basically says, in addition to the infrastructure we want to do, this is it, it. You have the Texas Transportation Institute, in addition to the Southwest Research Institute, has to study all the technological advancements that we have they've got laser scanners they've got weight in motion and it's saying when you if you build this thing you are now going to implement the highest tech to build the most advanced border security trade corridor in the world and so uh, i think that's a hell of a headline that if the governor's 
political base wants to hear is that he's doing something the Biden administration has never done, is create a corridor that is truly secure, truly advanced, and truly making a difference. All right. Good luck, T, with the legislation. Our chairman for transportation issues in Austin, State Representative Terry Canales. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Let's talk about local press, local journalism, and how I believe shop talk. Yeah. I believe it, it will always be necessary. It will, it will survive despite all the talk about artificial intelligence and chat GPT and, you know, announcers and producers and writers no longer need. <laughs> Shut up. Somebody needs to cover the local news. There were some big changes recently announced at our paper of record, AIM Media, here in South Texas. We got the Monitor. We got the Herald from Brownsville. We got Valley Morning Star. Pretty much just one newspaper, and you can find everything at myrgv. Got the Raymondville Chronicle now, too. Just, right? Wow. We just got it. Yeah. We got it in Mar- um, March 1st. That's the voice of Stephen Winger. He's the publisher for AIM Media here in South Texas. Let's start with the... Print edition, right? No mm-hmm. more Monday, Tuesday print edition. So let's explain that. What, what are you doing as far as the business side? Well, you know, um, we did recently announce that we're not going to produce in um, any of those markets a Monday or Tuesday print paper delivered to your home. Mm-hmm. But um, we've been working hard on, a, on on what we call our e-edition. It, it's the same format. You know, people read the news in different formats. They, If you're a website guy, you like the infinite scrolling. If you if you're if you're a newspaper guy, you like a beginning and end to your news experience, right? And that's what the e-edition does for those folks. It's it's that's what we're gonna do. We deliver it seven days a week. That's available seven days a week. And we have lots of readers that like that format because it's so portable. What if I like all that ink on my fingers? <laughs> well, we're still gonna give you that opportunity okay. Wednesday through Sunday, right? So you, you get a couple of days of clean hands, right? <laughs> Go shake the toner again. That's that stupid printer that we have, Tim. Yeah, but I tell you, the edition's a neat product, and I think there's lots of features and benefits to that. I mean, the readers the readers miss out on any videos that we might create. The readers of print, they, they miss out on photo galleries and such. And and the e-edition allows us to insert those in there. You can link off to go see those things yeah. kind of electronically. It's like a merging of the two platforms. And our advertisers, uh, they're, you know, they have a static print ad. But on the e-edition, you can click the phone number and make a call if you look at it on your phone and stuff like that. It's really mm-hmm. kind of a neat product. And I think I'm hoping that our print loyalists will uh, will will 
embrace those those editions Monday and Tuesday. Stephen Winger, publisher for the Paper of Record for the RGV. I'm going to refer to it as myrgv.com, which is the website mm-hmm. for all three papers, which That's is right. pretty much the same product that Browns with Harlingen, right. McAllen. I was commenting yesterday on my program that uh, I guess it's representative of the we are shedding the Friday night football mentality around right. here and becoming one region. It's the RGV region, and the paper is now reflecting that, if you look at it that way. I think that's right. I, we created MyRGV to be the, the repository for all the journalism that we produce in all three newsrooms, right? And, and you know, obviously, that journalism, if we just focus on, on the Upper Valley or the Lower Valley or, or Brownsville, I think we're missing sometimes the big picture. So we're teaching and working with our journalists to look at all the airports, look mm-hmm. at all the things when they're doing a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Stephen Wingert, he's publisher of MyRGV.com. That's our newspaper of record, The Monitor, The Herald, and The Valley Morning Star. Well, on that theme, th- there was one paragraph of the story about cutting the print editions to five days a week that caught my attention. It said that the newsrooms are in the process of also merging mm-hmm. editorial operations. What's that entail? I mean, you've got the one website now for all three right. main newspapers. Does the merging of editorial operations mean a move to one single newspaper then? No. Or? No. You know, what we're trying to do with that with that statement, I think, is explain our desire to um, manage the news across the valley, right? What I mean by that is, in the past, if you're familiar with how the newspaper uh, works, each newsroom has a news budget every day this is what we plan on covering this is what we're going to do and for a long time well since the 50s when freedom communications bought them hmm. they all operated their their budgets and their then their 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 news operations separately and then of course we shared right so at the end of the day somebody would say well look at what we're working on and what are you working on mm-hmm. we start our day with a combined overall regional plan for 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 covering so all the journalists say this is what i'm working on and then we say well we don't want to do this story twice. Why don't you work on this for the whole Valley? And we're going to give you something else to work on. So I think it helps, you know, coordination is more, is more, is, is more the process there. Okay. Is the, is the cutting of the print editions to five days a week, is that permanent? I mean, let's say mm-hmm. inflation subsides, well, costs come down. Could the, the Monday, Tuesday it's, print it's, editions come it's hard, back? It's hard to go back, right, when you make a change like that. So, so we're, we're going to... Yeah, to answer your question, I don't see us reintroducing a print edition. If you look at our Monday and Tuesday papers, they're really the smallest papers that we produce. You know, mm-hmm. I usually joke that some of mm-hmm. our Monday papers, you throw it out the car window and it's probably going to blow back in, right? And that's that's why we chose those two days. They're, they're not they're not very popular with advertisers, and and so therefore they're smaller. There we go. Yeah, you I was going to ask you that question, if maybe because your as as in all media, Channel Five, Channel Four, the Monitor. KURV, whatever. We all depend on local businesses yes. purchasing airtime or print or right. whatever. So I, I didn't realize that they had split up like different days of the week where you could easily say, look at the numbers, say Monday, Tuesday. Okay, that's the lower day. Fine, we can do without. And we'll, we'll solve that expense. And something that you told me yesterday, uh, the monitor or the local papers, they were not dailies. Oh, what, what was that? So in 1909... I have, you know, I grew up at the Monitor, right? I, I was born in Brownsville, but quickly moved to McAllen, and my father ran the Monitor, so I know the most most about that paper. Our oldest paper is actually the Brownsville Herald, the one the one that's been around the longest. Mm. But in 1909, the, the Monitor was started. They, you know, we weren't throwing daily papers. I wasn't around, but we weren't throwing daily papers out at people's houses. And at some point, you know, 
uh, we were the Valley Evening Monitor. You know, we used to be an afternoon paper. Wow. Yeah, I was. I worked there when it transitioned to a morning paper. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, we used to print the paper at three o'clock in the afternoon. Right? Okay. So. So it hasn't always been, you know, it's, it's had it's had more. I think we've had different names over the years. I see some stuff in our archives that doesn't look right. Like who's that? Oh, I think that's us, right? So, so obviously, we became daily, and we've been daily for a long time. You know, what happens to those folks that are out there selling newspapers? There's a really nice lady on University near the University, yeah, out there selling papers all the time. Has a unique style of selling papers. You know, she's a she's a, we call them hawkers, right? They're out there on the streets. Um, selling and 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 I think they you know they make a lot of money more money on Sunday than than they do. On, oh yeah, it's on all the Wednesday. coupons and yeah. all that, right? Yeah, yeah. but I think um, our what we're hearing from our carriers, you know, if you're a subscriber, you know that we've had some trouble delivering papers lately. You know, it's hard to find carriers that work seven days a week at two o'clock in the morning, and 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 so we've been late and we've had some some delivery issues. Um, I think this allows our carriers to get a little bit of a break, right? So they don't throw papers two days a week, but maybe they're going to help us solve those problems in those other areas where where we have delivery issues. So we're hearing good things. They're kind of embracing it, the the folks that deal with the delivery of the paper. Um, Stephen Wingert, publisher of our Valley newspapers, The Monitor, Valley Morning Star, and the Brownsville Herald. Again, all of them combined at myrgv.com. They throttle back now. They will not be a printing the actual physical newspaper, Monday and Tuesday, but all the news is there. Now, let's talk, and we're in this shop talk right now here in the studio. Um, let's deal with more existential issues, local news. Mm-hmm. And you see it online and on chat places online. People say, oh, local media is dead, mm-hmm. and local radio is dead, and local TV news is AM dead. radio's going to be dropping out of cars now yeah <laughs> that, that's true that actually that's that's one news item yeah. am radio is disappearing but we've all made the platform to the online universe mm-hmm. and we are the only ones that are here representing city hall county right the emergency management what you know local schools whatever is happening local races local news is never going away no i i, I don't think it will uh you, you named all the great media in in the valley the the, the tv stations and and, and you guys that are that are you know bringing our, our city officials in or county officials in to talk to them to, to help the, 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 the public better understand what they're thinking or what they're doing you know without there's a lot of focus on national news and, and everybody now wants to spar with me about national news and I always remind them that really they should spend their time looking at their local counties and cities and school yes. districts because that's where they play a Hello. role and all of that can be localized right or much of it yeah so. you're not gonna make a difference in a national argument really by yourself but you can really change something at your at your kid's school if you yeah. have a passion 10-4 right? absolutely uh, Stephen Winker publisher for our local newspapers and studio let's do some comparison because things have changed in media a couple mm-hmm. of decades I and mean, we've seen the Tim and I have been here long enough to see the evolution of media we're still here mm-hmm. uh, we pray to God we still will be here God give us <laughs> strength enough to, to be around for a while because there will always be a demand for for local news but just from the heart one thing I do miss is the fact that the powerhouses the newspapers and the big budget TVs mm-hmm they would have investigative reporters Mm -hmm. and do the time-consuming labor of going through budgets and county agendas and city agendas and going back on expense reports and all those things to hold politicians accountable or leadership accountable. Let's compare, like, two decades back, brother. How big was your team then? How big is your team now? The team was a a lot bigger, right? right? Um, I I remember the the reporters saying, you know, like, okay, well, I'll get one or two 
or three stories out a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now we're asking them for much more than that, right? We still take some time, right? We did a great story recently on on the the state of the jail, right? And and, yes. and we went back a yes. long ways and mm-hmm. we did a lot of research on that. It, and and they worked on it alongside doing the regular stories, the dailies that they have to do. And I think it was a great piece. I think it it shows that the the state of the jail has been a long it's been a long time coming. It's not a recent event, right? And our current officials now need to make some decisions that they were either going to kick the can down the road and like the other guys did, right? Left them with the can, or or they're going to resolve it. So it's a tough problem, but but we try to make sure that the you know that that's the kind of investigation that shows the reader that it's not just the guy sitting in the chair today that's you know doing something wrong well steven we appreciate you stopping by visit us anytime you might Thank have you. to go look for us admission though because we're going to be sitting over there at taylor and business 83 pretty soon but well it was, a, it was a pleasure thank you for having thank me. you Stephen. good luck Stop to by. you and all your staff Stephen wingert publisher for our local newspapers aim media You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Taking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. South Padre Island, our Mayor Patrick McNulty. Mayor, thank you for setting aside a few minutes to speak with us again. Semana Santa. Some of these folks are coming to see us. They're very well-to-do. In fact, for them, it's more than just a week. Uh, They'll stick around for several weeks during the month of April. Mayor, have you had a chance to assess my Solmenos, just ballpark figure, of all the properties that we have on South Padre Island, these towers that sell condos as well, how much of that is owned? You willing to guess how much is owned by Mexican nationals? I think that the, the number depending on dollar or units versus tax account, is probably somewhere between 15 and 20%. That's amazing. That's pretty good. To say that yeah, two in, to say that almost 2 in 10 properties on the island are owned by Mexican, and so they're here. We've seen an increase in Mexican national plates, and, and we still have some families that are celebrating spring break and, and some kids and such, and so it's a, it's a good little vacation time. Sure. Well, Texas Week was a couple of weeks back and change. Last week was other schools. I know it's too early to tell, but I know you're constantly pressing the flesh and talking with businesses in the area. Anecdotally, uh, what are some of the restaurants and hotels telling you? Was it better than last year, the spring break so far? Well, I think it was it was kind of flat for spring break. Okay. Uh, maybe a little bit down just with that weather that we had at the you know the big weekend is that seventeenth eighteenth of March and you know we had a cold front that came in and and kind of put a damper on the the weekend and then that kind of probably slowed some of the last minute bookings and that sort of thing. There on the northern portion so. of the island, there's Clayton's. They're working on a pier. Do you know the gentleman? Do you know what the project entails? How far out is it going to be? I, mean, I would imagine that'd be a nice draw for eventually for fishermen, right? That's the idea, to have that long bridge, that long pier into the water? 
Yeah, I think his, his schedule is somewhere between 500 and 1,000 feet out in the water or something like that, maybe right. 500 feet out in the water. He, he's moving on it very diligently as he can. He's got, you know, some tough construction restraints on him. He's been working. He's been putting pilings in the ground. I think next he'll start, he'll start framing here shortly. It'll be an interesting little project for South Padre Island. Sure. Well, speaking of applications, is there anything that City Hall is working on right now? New projects, new restaurants, new towers, something that you could share with us right now, because I know you're constantly growing on the island. Well, uh, the Margaritaville, that opened up, so they, they have gone through their massive remodel on that building, and I, I think that they're opening up a floor a week or something to that effect, but they've, they've opened up a couple of floors for reservations and, and stays, and it building looks great on the inside. 10-4. It's good to hear. Remarkable turnover. Good good to hear. Mayor Patrick McNulty, South Padre Island. We're catching up with as much as we can, business on the island and also City Hall. What does it mean that uh, Margaritaville, that unique brand, what does it mean to our island as far as it being a, a tourist draw? Tell me a bit more for folks that are not familiar with the Margaritaville brand. What does it mean for us in, in having this property on the island? Well, you know, it's Margaritaville's based mm-hmm. off of Jimmy Buffett's song. And uh, anybody who knows Jimmy Buffett, I would say that South Padre Island is, is very in that, that genre of music and and, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, Margaritaville is a major flag for resort vacation destination. And, um, you know, they opened up that one up in the Houston area a couple years ago, uh, that resort there. And... Uh, Having the one here on South Padre Island is yeah. another flag to put on the map. Sure, it's, it's, it's a it's great a, project. Yeah, it's a national, international brand, national brand. Might we yeah, see international brand, international brand, yeah. brand? Yes, sir. Might we see more of this? More national brands, family oriented restaurants, well, trendy uh, the, hotels, and and restaurants. Well, the county had just put out uh, a RFQ for RFP out for. Uh, uh, for a developer to come in and develop a, a very high-end hotel there at Andy Bowie Park. Uh, so we'd be excited about that because it would play on with our convention center expansion. And, uh, you know, we look forward to that sort of successful development to help okay. feed uh, the convention center along with the, the courtyard and the, the Hilton Garden Inn and the La Quinta that are in that area on yeah, the north good, end of the good island. properties up there. Yes, sir. Uh, what more can yeah. you tell me about the expansion of the convention center, Mayor? Uh, what are we looking at? Well, we just we just put it out for um, RFQ for architectural services. Uh, we're we're looking to expand the um, the exhibit hall out to the east in order to basically add to where we can have basically two basketball courts uh, in length in there uh, with a focus of youth sports tourism. Okay. Uh, we're looking at adding a ballroom in the rear of the property as well as a small um, intimate theater, uh, performing arts theater um, to the, uh, the south end of it. Sure. Sounds like quite a bit of expansion as far as square footage. So what do we have now as square footage? What might we have uh, by the time we're done, and by when? And how's do- it, it, yeah, it will double the size of the convention center. Nice, and uh, it will most likely. This is way early in the game, but I would guess that you're looking at a completion around 2026, somewhere in that year. Sure, sure. Did you move ground on it already? Be at least six, do what? Did you move ground on this already on the expansion? No, no, no. We, we we just put it out for design services. Right now we're looking for an architectural firm to uh, help us design 
this uh, facility. We have some feasibility studies that were done and some rough layouts of where we'd like to expand, and now we want to go into professional services to uh, help us make sure that we're we're designing it properly and um, should hmm. be ready to, to yeah. break ground in, in six to eight months. Yeah, you're going to swallow up quite a bit of the parking lot because you're at the bay. You'll need to go towards the parking lot, I would imagine. What's the price tag on this? How are you paying for it? Well, we have a venue tax set up and that we've been, this was voted on in 2016 by the voters as one of the five venue tax projects. And uh, so we've been collecting some money on that and we'll be using that to uh, pay for the expansion, which depending on, on what the numbers might be, it, it could be around a $50 million expansion. Okay. Mayor Patrick McNulty, South Padre Island, joining us. Did you get a chance to check? Bookings for Semana Santa, where are we at uh, as far as the hotels and the condos in the area? 60, 75 percent, where are we at? Do you know? I'm guessing that we're somewhere in that number. I haven't gotten a report from the convention center. I'm a little concerned about the weather that we may or may not have this weekend. Um, You know, in today's world, people tend to have a you know, a great ability to book at the last minute or to, to cancel at close to the last minute. And so we're just, we're praying that Mother Nature will treat us well and uh, everybody can come out to South Padre Island and have a beautiful weekend. Mayor, did we ever revisit the cruise ship coming to this area and visiting South Padre? Did that idea, was that shelved forever or is anybody working on that? Do you know? That's kind of more in the county's department, okay. but I, I think with COVID and everything, that's probably uh, been on the back end of, of all the all the great projects we're yeah, working on. Right I understand. Now. I understand, Mayor. I got to ask you yeah. uh, with a legislative session, and I'll let you go with this second causeway. And, and I know some lawmakers were expressing, "Well, this might be the year. We got thirty some odd billion dollars in surplus." Da 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 da. Okay, uh, and there was going to be a push by some enthusiastic lawmakers down here to try to get that second causeway status report what do you hear mayor can we make it happen this go around get the money for it well i i would be apprehensive and and saying where we are in it i think that there's some good positive momentum that's going on i believe the governor's office is doing a great job of working uh towards this solution for the valley uh along with the outer corridor um and, and there just seems to be a lot of positive movement right now in regards to it, and, and we're 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 just appreciative of all the yeah. legislators, the chief, oh. the the speaker of the house, obviously the governor, the lieutenant governor. They've all been working really hard to to help us uh, alleviate some of our major uh, health, safety, traffic concerns. Sure. Well, even if approved now, it'd still be about a decade away before we see. In reality, we wish you luck with that project. Our mayor from South Padre Island, Patrick McNulty. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. 
stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.